Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back, Kingdom Nation. Listen, this is April the 1st, 2022. Listen how the first quarter of the year is flying past us. We have been talking about entrepreneurship, uh, what the Bible says about entrepreneurs, biblical entrepreneurs. And today I want to talk about the topic, living in expectation. I started to entitle it Entrepreneurs Living in Expectation. But the title really uh, transcends being an entrepreneur. Although my focus is going to be on entrepreneurs, it transcends that. This is for the body of Christ. This is how God intends for us to live. So um, I hope that you make application so that you can understand it from both your perspective as a human being, as a believer, and what our requirements and goals are as believers, according to scripture, and then also as a business person or leader in the church or leader in the community, these principles are cross-jurisdictional, if you will, but today I want to focus on the entrepreneur, all right? So let's jump right into it. Here's something that we need to start off as a premise. True entrepreneurs should live in expectation. True entrepreneurs should live in expectation. Last week, I talked about expectation and relationship, and I used this scripture coming from Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Because we were created in his image, we have relationship with God. Okay, and the fact that we were created in his image gives us relationship with God. We are are the image of God in the earth. Okay, so then with that, there's also an expectation because we know that God is a creator the creator of all things that exist in the universe, we know that God then expects us to do something with the ability uh, he put within us according to the capacity 
that we can utilize that ability. All right. And because God loves us, he grants us this authority, if you will, to create this authority to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish and subdue. And I'm not going to go over that because I talked about it last week. Go back to biblical entrepreneurs. I, I give a full uh, description of that. But because he gives us these things, we have an expectation of him to do something with it. He gives us this book, 66 books, 66 books from Genesis to Revelation. He expects us to read it and do something with it. There's an expectation that God has from us. If we are in relationship with him, then we ought to look like him. We ought to act like him and we ought to do the things that he does. So God loves people so much that he blesses them. So an entrepreneur loves people so much, he seeks ways to bless them. He seeks solutions to make their life better. Are you catching me? All right. So we're right on the right path. We're right where we need to be. So what I want you to understand is that because God created us in his image, the image of God is more than some phantom spirit. It is the freedom and power to embrace the express presence of God in our lives. The freedom and power to embrace the express presence of God in our life. And I say freedom because God doesn't make us do anything. And I say power because it gives us the authority to uh, act in the earth as ambassadors of who he is. We are uh, the image of who he is. So we expect God expects something from us. All right. So watch this. John 1 and 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, we're talking about Jesus Christ. He gave the right to become the children of God. So we have the right. We have the authority to become the children of God. But in being a child of God, there's an expectation. Watch this. That will look like God, that will live like God, that will work like God, that will serve like God in the earth, that will become his hands in the earth. We'll become his eyes and ears in the earth. We'll become his mouthpiece in the earth. We will walk in the created expectation of the creator. So when you talk about image, you can use the word simulacrum. And, and the reason I want to use this term is not just to have some big term in your uh, dictionary pool, but because when you think about simulacrum, it conveys to us the image of something, right? But it is the image of something that has two variations. The image of something uh, that is good, a good representation, or the image that is a bad representation. So when we think about being created in the image of God, we have the right to choose to be like God, to do what God does according to the Bible, according to scripture, or we have the right to act crazy and act out of sorts and, of course, tarnish that image because we want to operate in the flesh, void of the Bible, void of his love, void of his presence, void of his power, and, and void of who he is as a representation of who we are in the earth. Okay, so then image is important. We want to please God. So let me let me go back up just a little bit. We were talking about Cain and Abel. Abel wanted to please God. Cain wanted to please himself. Abel thought it not robbery to give God his best. Cain thought it not robbery to give God his worst. 
because he was holding on to something because he does not have the proper alignment and expectation that if you give God your best, that you will reap back your best. You reap what you sow. Whereas Abel understood as an entrepreneur, we talked about them in light of being entrepreneurs, that if you give your best, God will return his best. Are you catching this? So there's a mutual expectation. God has an expectation of us and we in turn have an expectation of him. So when you embrace the power of God, you embrace his culture or what we call the kingdom. There's kingdom culture. Reaping and sowing is kingdom culture. Thus, an entrepreneur's goal is not only to help people, but in doing so to bless God. Okay, so we are never encumbered by releasing a part of our harvest into the hands of God, for he will always represent good ground. Remember, when you sow, you want to sow into good ground. So it, it, it behooves us to allow, even when you have a business, an entrepreneurial endeavor that belongs to God, that a percentage of that business goes back to the kingdom work. Amen. It shouldn't all be about you. So watch this. If you sow in the good ground, you will always reap a harvest. Thus, it is always a blessing to sow into good ground because there's an expectation that you reap what you sow. Remember, we're talking about living in expectation. You have to live in expectation. You got to believe that God's going to do right by you as you do right by him. Are you, are you catching this? All right. So here we go. Thus, uh, and I said this, entrepreneur's goal is not only to help people, but in doing so to bless God. So here it is. It is always a blessing to sow in the good ground because there is the expectation that you will reap what you sow. So entrepreneurs, those of us who are in the entrepreneurial pursuit, and I don't want you to be discouraged by the length of time that takes to get your entrepreneurial suit off the ground. You have to lay a foundation. You have to dig deep first. You have to be planted in the soil. The seed that God gave you for this entrepreneurial endeavor must be crushed. When it is crushed, the fruit of that seed comes forth. Then the fruit looks to survive by sending its roots deep into the ground to find a source of water. Once the roots find the source of water, then the fruit begins to, whether it be a plant or whether it be a tree or whether it be uh, vegetables or whatever it is, it now seeks sunlight to continue its growth and development. So it fights against the gravity to go up. So for a long time, here's what I'm saying. For a long time in your entrepreneurial pursuit, you may live in obscurity. It's okay to live in obscurity. I named a number of entrepreneurs in our last uh, session they lived in obscurity, okay? So for a while, you may be in obscurity, but if you continue to do the work, eventually the seed will pluck up through the ground. It will be enlightened by the light of God's word and it will grow and it will manifest and become the very thing that you thought it could be. But really, it'll never be what you think it can be because my expectation in God is that he's always going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can think and or ask. So always expect the greater. If you do the work and you do it in excellence and you do it according to the will of God, expect the greater, particularly if it is that God have given you this task to perform. All right. 
So let's move on. Let's move on. Entrepreneurs work unceasingly and methodically towards the goal of fulfilling the God mandate over their lives. Remember, what you're doing should be a outcome of God speaking to you and telling you that's what he want, wants you to do. We call this uh, a divine manifestation, but we, we really, but before there can be a divine manifestation, there must be a divine initiative. God initiates what you're doing in the earth. And this, like I said, goes across Christendom. God should always initiate what you're doing. Okay. You should not just be doing stuff to be doing stuff because you're doing it in the flesh and it's eventually going to fail. But let's move on. Because they work for God on his behalf and at his request, there is a never, there is never a fear of lack. Entrepreneur, entrepreneurs who have been called by God always live in expectancy. If I do what God said, he will do what God does. So when God gives us gifts, times, talents, treasures, he expects something from us. And I'll show you that a little later um, as we look at Matthew 25. He expects us to listen, to have dominion, to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue and replenish. We live in expectancy of God doing a work in our lives. God created us with an expectancy that we will embrace his will and walk in dominion within the context of our existence. That when I think about dominion, I'm thinking about the greatest capacity that you have to fulfill the will of God in your life. Everyone has different capacities, but take your capacity and maximize your capacity. So then be the best you can be in God. Maximize your potential in Christ. Be the very best you can be in Christ and trust God for the rest. It's, it's a matter of simply understanding this mandate in Romans 12. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. We have to prove. What is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of the Father, of God? Okay? So then here's where we uh, close out right here uh, with the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, 14, and 30, which will bring everything home, and I think it'll make everything clear. Reading from verse 14, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. All right. He's given these people stewardship. Okay. He, he's called them to take care of his wealth. So when we're born into the earth, we're given stewardship over the earth and given stewardship over the things in the earth as evidenced by Matt, by Genesis 1, uh, 26, 27, 28. We, we see this. We see this with Adam. Uh, and, uh, Genesis, I believe it was Genesis two twelve. Um, we, we see this in scripture where Adam was told to keep and to tend to tend and to keep, you know, to manage and to protect. So here we are again in the earth where these men, uh, were given a task as servants to, uh, take care of this wealthy man's wealth. Verse 15. 
To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Remember, I said that earlier, God expects us to manifest according to our ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. Doesn't that sound like an entrepreneur? We're, we're tasked with the responsibility of taking something uh, and growing it and increasing it. Again, being fruitful, um, multiplying, replenishing, and subduing. All right? So the also uh, the one uh, with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, listen, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And of course, this has even a, a, a meta-narrative understanding of how we should live for God in the earth while we're in the earth and that we receive the benefits of heaven. But it also has a, a universal narrative that as we do things in the earth that God have called us to do, that we will also be blessed in the earth. So then all of our blessings are not in heaven, saints. Many, Much of our blessing is in the earth. But we have to live according to the will of God. And I by no means make this thing easy. It is not easy to live according to the word of God. But if we strive for excellence in Christ, if we pray, if we read his word, if we endeavor to live according to his word and to uh, teach others how to live according to his word, we will get through this. When we make a mistake, we repent. We ask God to forgive us. And we keep moving. We repent. Ask God to forgive us. Turn from our wicked ways and keep moving. Do not let the devil get you into a place where you stumble and fall and think you cannot get up. A saint may stumble seven times, but he will get up all seven times. We have to remember that God is not in the business of destroying us, but he's in the business of of making us better than we could ever be if we were just in the world by ourselves. So let me go to verse 22 as, a, as we wrap up today. Um, verse 22, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here's what belongs to you. To those of you who have an entrepreneurial call, you cannot be afraid to step into the unknown. You cannot be afraid to do what God have told you to do. You cannot be afraid to experience what you've never experienced before. Trust God. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, 
and he will direct your paths. He'll tell you what to do. All right. So listen to God's response for the man who was afraid. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. But he didn't operate in that either. He hid the gold on the ground. In other words, he did nothing with the gold. His master said in verse 26, You wicked, lazy servant, you knew what I that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Now, this may strike you as strange, even the terminology bankers here in the New Testament. But I want you to remember that God talked more about money in the Bible than he does about salvation, particularly in the New Testament. But there's a reason for that, because people always exert the allow money to exert its influence over God. They allow mammon to be stronger than God. Money must always be subdued. It must always be controlled. It must always be in the dominion of humanity and not humanity in the dominion of money. Greed is when money controls you. When we are in proper stewardship with God, money does not control us. Money is not our goal. Our goal is pleasing God. And while pleasing God, he blesses us sometimes with money, sometimes with good health, sometimes with uh, different forms of prosperity, because prosperity is more than just having money. The biblical definition of prosperity is more than having money. Good health, good friends, good relationships. It's, it's a much broader term than just money. All right. So, so here's what he said to uh, the, the servant. So take the bag of gold from him. And give it to the one who has ten bags. To he who has, more will be given. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We cannot afford to waste the grace of God and not do anything while we're in the earth. Even if we're working for someone else and you're not an entrepreneur, we still have the responsibility of working to the best of our capacity according to the will of God based on the power of God working through us. This is our responsibility to be influencers in the earth and every sphere where we exist. We ought to represent the power and presence of God because we were created in his image. Therefore, we should be what? Living in expectation. Hey, you have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I hope you do three things, that you listen weekly, that you share weekly, and that you make sure that you subscribe so that whenever the podcast comes up, you'll have access to it. Follow us on uh, Instagram and follow us on uh, Facebook. Uh, we would love to have you, love to uh, hear your commentary. Uh, if you want to hit us, you can hit us at kipnationpodcast at gmail.com. We love you. And remember, go forth in the earth and influence the nations. God bless. Have a wonderful day.